And so uh, we're going to continue our worship by kind of challenging ourselves and learning a bit from the Word of God. Um, you know, I've shared with myself, you know, through social media, you know, that I've, and I've been challenged in Romans 13 and living that out has been a challenge for me, you know, that uh, we don't want to rebel against our governing authorities because they've been instituted by God. To rebel against our government is to rebel against God. And the only exception I can find to that in the Word of God is when it contradicts what he's calling us to do. Of course, he always rules and reigns, you know. If Pennsylvania decides to be like California and says you can't sing in church, sorry, that is a command of God to sing praises. We will be defying that or we will be singing, okay? I can assure you of that. But uh, I couldn't find, even though personally I don't like this thing at all, you can ask my wife. I'm a little whiny, complainy person about it. I just I feel like I'm being controlled and everything, and I don't want to do it. But I couldn't find anywhere in the Word, and I tried hard to find some place in the Word that I could stand on to not do this thing, but I couldn't find it. So, so I'm going to comply with the Lord, because I know that's where the blessings is, isn't it? That's where the blessing is, being obedient to Him, what He's calling us to do. And if He says in Romans 13, if you're rebelling against the governing authorities, you're rebelling against me, there's no blessing there. I don't want to be in that place. I don't want to be in that place of rebellion. I've read about Israel's rebellion against God. Did it ever lead them anywhere good? No. <laughs> no. Never did. So, yeah, you can see, I'm going to be fidgeting with this thing all morning long, but we're going to deal with it. So, so we want to find not only the blessings of God, but this morning we're talking about the freedom of God. We're talking about the liberty that he has offered us. Uh, now, yesterday we celebrated the birth of this great nation that, man, most of us have been born here. We are blessed to live in this place. We, we have a, a freedom that is given to us by our government like no other government on the face of the earth. I mean, it's just, it's a blessing. It is a huge blessing to live here. And we know that this freedom that we live in and that we experience and that we love, that freedom wasn't free, right? A lot of men and women laid down their lives to gain and to maintain this freedom. In fact, as we sit here this morning, there's people all over the face of this earth still defending our freedom today. So we don't want to take that for granted. We don't want to take that lightly, right? Um, you know, and in these turbulent sort of uh, political days that we're living in, we see uh, this, I'm sorry, my technology, got to love it when it works. Um, you see this, this divide happening, of course, right? Left, right, you know, conservative, liberal. Um, and the freedom and liberty as, as some groups try to gain their freedom and liberty, there's always this balance of, of giving freedom to one group of people without stealing it away from another group of people, right? And we see this always, like, in, in battle, and in, you know, there's people out there fighting for freedom on one side and fighting for freedom on the other side, and it's just constantly a struggle to maintain that balance of being truly the land of the free, right? And uh, to honor those people that give and gave their lives to give us this freedom, right? We don't want anyone to miss out on it. Um, and so in these turbulent sort of political days in which we find ourselves living in, we find that it's just a struggle to find that balance. Um, it seems like we always have the potential of losing our freedom. Don't you feel that way? Especially as a Christian in the United States today, you feel like your freedom is always hanging in a fine balance and someone's always trying to steal it away from you, right? You feel that way. Um, this morning we're going to be turning, however, to a different kind of freedom, because in the body of Christ, we have a tendency to, to supersede and to sort of um, consider these things one. Our national freedom 
and our freedom that we have been given in Christ. We have a tendency to overlay the two, looking at them as the exact same thing. But I want to encourage you, if you get outside of these nation's borders and you take a look at the church, especially if you look at the persecuted church, um, I, want to, I want to encourage you that they're not one and the same. Your national freedom can be stolen away from you entirely and completely, and yet you still have your freedom in Christ. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit this morning, and, uh, and I'm thankful for all those who are, you know, tuning in and online and everything, you know, but there's this, this attitude and this rebellious spirit, you know, that rises up in the church that, you know, of not gathering together because of something so simple. We've got people that are willing to, to put their lives on the line to gather together in tunnels underground, in caves. You know, they're putting their lives on the line. If they are caught, they will be killed, and yet they don't let it stop them. They, they, they see the value in gathering together as the body of Christ and giving him all... Man, I want to be part of their worship, okay? I'm sorry, but our worship is probably just puny and, and disgusting compared to the worship that would come from an underground service like that, you know? Ah, oh, I mean, just, 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 just to be in an awe of God who gives freedom. That you can be free even when you're bound. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. This freedom that nothing... And no one can ever steal away from you. It's yours. It is a free gift. A liberty like no other. We have the, uh, the opportunity to possess. Now we know that our nation's freedom wasn't free. This, was, this freedom wasn't free either. It was paid for by God himself. He laid down his only son. Laid down his only son so that we might live in freedom, right? Um, Jesus paid the price for a type of freedom that nothing can take away. However, in the same way, in the United States, that our freedom always seems to be in a fine balance, there's, there's these you know, political currents, it was no different in the days of Jesus. Though Israel was intended by God to be a theocracy, God's the king, right? He's the one that rules and reigns over the nation. Um, there were political currents that happened constantly, and there was a divide that Jesus caused. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the God of all the universe, the living Word of God, when He came, He brought division. He brought division. That wasn't His heart. That wasn't His intent. But that's what the truth does, doesn't it? The truth divides. And so we're going to take a look at what happened among the Jewish leaders of His day because Jesus taught so much, not only to them, but also today to us, about what freedom is and about how we can have it and possess it. And we find this all in John chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 31 for time's sake. And so you have Jesus there in front of the Jewish leaders um, you know, of that nation. And it says in John chapter 8, verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, there were Christian Jews. They, they were the first converts. They were actually leaders in, in, in the Jewish, uh, you know, the leadership and they believed that Jesus really was the Messiah, really was the one they had awaited for, that had prophesied for so long. And to those Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? Freedom! The truth sets us free! We love to quote that. Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Very rarely do we ever go backwards and see, well, what was the then? If I told you then, you will win a free car. 
Would you walk away being like, yeah, then I win a free car, then I win a free car. Would you ever receive your free car? Because you don't know what you had to do to receive it, did you? Don't we do that in the body of Christ? We quote, then you will know the truth and truth will set you free. And we're like, freedom! Freedom! Yeah! If you hold to his teaching, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You, 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 gotta, you gotta, if I told you about the free car, you'd want to know what was before that, wouldn't you? You should want to know it in the word of God, too. If you hold to his teachings, then you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. There's freedom in that. Holding to his teachings. Then, he, then they answered him. They said, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we'll be set free? Do you ever find yourself especially with, with the addictions that bind. Man, we live in the United States, the freest country in the world, but how bound are people? They don't live in freedom, do they? How many times have you encountered someone personally, you knew they were bound by some addiction, but they didn't think that they were, right? The hardest people to set free are people who don't know they're in bondage, right? So they don't know it. And that's what happened here. They're like, we're Abraham's descendants. We're, we're free. We've never been slaves of anyone. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Anybody here ever sinned before? <laughs> We've all been slaves. Freedom isn't all that exciting if you've always been free, but if you've been a slave to something and then you've been set free, that's exciting, right? He said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed, right? Free! Freedom! You will be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants. Jesus is like, don't get me wrong. I, I understand what you're saying, and I know you're Abraham's descendants. I'm not saying that you're not. He said, yet you're looking for a way to kill me. Because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my father's presence. And, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. He's making a distinction here. He's like, you're doing what you're, you've heard from your father. I'm just speaking what I've heard in my father's presence. And they're like, uh, they picked up on that. They're like, Abraham's our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do as Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham didn't do such things. You are not, or he's, rather he said, you are doing the works of your own father. And they got really offended. They're like, we're not illegitimate children. Aren't you thankful for modern translations that use kind words, you know? We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you'd love me because I've come here from God. I didn't come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. Now, are they hearing what he's saying? They're hearing his words, right? But they're not understanding. Remember last week, the, the, you know, the, the uh, prophetic bifocals 
eyes to see. Right now, they're not having ears to hear. They hear his words, but they don't really hear what he's saying. You ever get frustrated when you're trying to communicate with someone like that? Like, okay, you, you heard my words, but you're not understanding me. You're not hearing what I'm actually saying. That's what Jesus is encountering here. He's like, why isn't my language clear to you? He said, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, I always find this interesting. I talked about this last week. In Matthew 4, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, what did the devil speak? What did he quote? The scriptures, right? But he's a liar, and everything he speaks is a lie. He was a liar from the beginning. Again, he spoke the words of the scripture, but he manipulated the heart and the intent. He was saying something different, quoting the word of God. Be on the lookout, especially in election year, for prophets that come out of the woodwork on social media who quote the words of the scriptures, but not really the word of God, right? They quote his words, but not his word. (laughs) They quote the letters, the words, but not the heart and intent. Get in this thing for yourself and see what it has to say. Let scripture interpret scripture, okay? Then you won't be led astray. You won't be deceived. You'll stay in the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free! Freedom! Freedom! Okay. So it goes on, he says that when he lies, he speaks his native language. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling you the truth, then why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is because you don't belong to God. Now, in this dialogue, they got pretty heated, pretty offensive. Jesus taught us some critical things about freedom. If you really want to have freedom that no one and nothing can steal away, then we need to find this freedom that Jesus is offering. The truth that sets us free indeed. Uh, He taught us to find, first of all, freedom in the truth. You find freedom in truth. You won't find freedom in my truth. You won't find freedom in your truth. You won't find freedom in their truth or our truth. You will only find freedom in the truth of God, in his words alone. That is the only place where there is freedom. And even a preacher like me, I will preach the word of God. You know, if I went back to some of my sermons, you know, like a a decade or so ago, I'm like, why did I say that? That was, that was wrong. That was such a bonehead move, you know? I'm a human being. You, you, you know, you got to go back to the Word of God, His Word, and what it says, and allow it to interpret itself. He taught us that His Word would set us free. Um, in our world, it's so easy to find God's Word, isn't it? Isn't that exciting? We, we live in a day like no other God's word is right at your fingertips anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And you don't even need someone to help you read it. I mean, I can literally click the play button and, and Charles, you know, somebody will read it for me. I forget who the, the black guy did Star Wars, Darth Vader. Earl Edgar Jones? What's his name? Earl Jones? Okay, we're the only... Okay, sorry, I thought I'd have all kinds of people. James Earl Jones. I can have James Earl Jones read the word of God to me. And I love his voice, you know? All right, we got it there finally. I mean, we live in this world. You can read it in any translation. You can read it in any language. I mean, we have no excuse not to be in the Word of God. It is so readily accessible to us. 
um, you know, we, we get it in all kinds of different formats. We can read it, we can study it, we can listen to it. Um, there, there's no reason not to have it in our hearts and minds all the time. We must hear God's word, however, with humility. We have to hear God's truth with a teachable spirit. We have to hear God's truth with a soft heart. Because what we just read, what happened? The more that Jesus spoke truth, what happened to the, the, the hearts of these Pharisees and the other elders and teachers of the law? Their hearts were getting hard, weren't they? They were offended. We're not illegitimate children. We're not slaves. We're free. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a minute. We have to read God's word. As I said this morning, God does it to me almost every day. I've got to read the word of God and allow it to change me, not change the word of God to fit my life, right? It's not an easy thing to do, but we have to do it because it's only there that we find freedom. It's only there that we find freedom. We must allow God's word to shape us and to mold us like like, uh, the Old Testament prophet said, like clay in the hands of a potter. We've got to stay soft and malleable. That's our part. God does all the work. And aren't you thankful for that? You don't have to change your life. You just got to give it to him. He'll mold and shape it. You just got to be like, oh, that's uncomfortable, you know, and just let him do his work. Let him shave those things away. As it were, some of Israel's history weren't hearing what Jesus, the living word of God, was speaking. They heard his words, but they didn't understand with their hearts. We've got to guard ourselves from becoming this way because we are all susceptible to it. Where we allow our opinions and our feelings to trump what God's word really says. As I said this morning, I had to go to the word of God and I couldn't find anything that, that told me otherwise. And so, you know, you got to let God's word be true. Hearing the word is the easier part. But Jesus told us to hold. He told us to hear his word and he told us to hold those two H's. We have to hear his word. That's the easy part. Now, holding to his teachings, that's the challenging part. I've got to do something. I've got to respond to it. Holding to the truth that gives us freedom. It is a challenge when my circumstances don't match what God's word is saying. And I've got to choose. Is his word truth or are my circumstances truth? My circumstances may be factual, but they change, don't they? Now, God's word, it's true. It never changes. Yesterday, today, and forever, the living word of God never changes, and his word doesn't either. It's always applicable today. It's in those seasons that we have to choose to hold to God's truth. You know, and I kind of picture it like Nathaniel used to be into Thomas and Friends when he was little, you know. You gotta, you, you've got to couple yourself to the engine of God's word because that's the only way that his truth is going to set you free. It's the only way that you're going to get out of the valleys of death and out into the pastures of prosperity, right? Those pastures where he provides for all of your needs. It's only if we choose to cling to it. Because if we get in the valley of the shadow of death, and we're like, we let go and we're like, whoa, this is not good. This is not comfortable. This is, and you just decide to camp out there, that's going to be your destiny. And that's not the destiny God has, uh, has created for us, right? Freedom. Those tracks lead us to freedom if we hold to his truth and let him take us through the valley of shadow of the death and through it, right? This enables us to remain in freedom in every situation. That enables us to have peace inwardly. Though outwardly, Paul said they were wasting away, yet inwardly they had peace and they had freedom and they had joy and nothing and no one could steal it away. 
right? It, it reminds me, Psalm 119, verse 45, um, David wrote, I walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. Now, I think about God's word being sort of like a road map or like a GPS that guides us in freedom, guides us in it. It teaches us signs to watch for, and it guides us through life. It gives us principles and precepts that build our lives up and, and help us to navigate through life and to maintain freedom through it, not to get tripped up. Because God's word also provides us warnings, many warnings from cover to cover. Being aware of what sin is and what those snares are, it keeps us free of them. You can recognize it, and when you come to it, you can just walk around it. Be like, not today, Satan, right? You know, and you just keep moving on in freedom. Freedom, true freedom. That's what the word of God does. It teaches us and guides us in it on life's journey. It keeps us away from those snares and traps that want to uh, trip us up. God's word doesn't exist to steal all the fun out of life. It actually exists to give us life, an abundance of life, a joyful life, a peaceful life, a life of freedom. It's a compass that guides us uh, in, in the truth. And so when we know the truth, we're set free indeed. Freedom is found in the truth of God's word. Jesus also taught here that freedom is found in our identity. Who you are can set you free. And we're kind of remaining here on the theme of truth. Because realizing who we truly are and not who we think we are can be a pathway to freedom in our lives. Mistaken identities and, and mistaking giftings have led so many people astray when they thought they were following the path of God. They thought they were following Jesus, but they were mistaken. And that's what happened to the Jewish leaders here, right? They're like, we're Abraham's, free, uh, we're Abraham's sons. Well, we've never been a slave a day in our lives. We, we are free people. And Jesus is like, no, you're not. You know, a mistaken identity, not realizing who we are. They were convinced that they had freedom, and yet they didn't realize that they were slaves. They thought they were children of God. They didn't realize that they were children of the devil. Right? Why would the devil want people to know that they're his kids and do what he wants? If they realized it, they'd probably get out of there, wouldn't they? So we got to watch ourselves. Believe me, the men that Jesus was speaking to, they knew the word of God better than any of us sitting here today do. They had the first five books memorized, like by the age of 13. They knew the written word of God, and yet they were following the devil. And they had no idea. They thought they were following God. Now think about how dangerous a mistaken identity or mistaken gifting can be, right? Think, for example, Pastor Steve. He jumps on his Delta flight down to Florida because we're going to the beach. I figure, I'm a pilot of a commercial airplane, I get up there, I sit down in the car, you know, in the seat, and I start flipping all these things, and we're taking off, right? Is it going to go anywhere good? No, I probably won't even get you off the runway, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> think about that. But some of us have a mistaken identity. We think we're something that we're not. Or we think we have a gift that we do not. It's not going to end well. And there's no freedom there, right? There's no freedom in trying to be something that you're not. There's only freedom in realizing and living out your true identity, who Jesus says you are, knowing who we are, 
because of our relationship with God, knowing that we are sons and daughters of God. Man, there is such freedom in that. It sets you free from so many bondages in life. Finding our identity in Christ alone as a child of God, it sets us free indeed. Because then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your job title is. It doesn't matter what your salary is. It doesn't matter whether you think you're successful or a failure as a parent. None of those things matter. It doesn't matter what people think of you, right? It doesn't matter if, if, if what anyone thinks of you. It only matters what God thinks because you're living in an audience of one. Because you are his son and his daughter. And your papa, your daddy, father, in, God, in heaven, he is the only one that you're really living to, to please. And, and, you know, that's where you find your identity. And that takes so much pressure off of us, too. There was an, another struggle always in the New Testament. Whether you followed the law of God or whether you just find yourself living in faith as a child of God. There's freedom in one and there's slavery in another. When you find your identity in being a child of God, it takes the pressure off to perform. All of a sudden you find you can make mistakes. You can miss it. And you're still loved. And you're still accepted. And you're forgiven. And you're given another chance. Right? It takes all the pressure off of your lives to perform or to measure up to some standard you know, that you or someone else sets for you. It gives us freedom to uh, find forgiveness and to make mistakes. Um, it gives us the freedom to explore the entirety of God's kingdom and the depths of his salvation. You get to be like an explorer. It's fun. It's exciting. You have freedom in the kingdom of God because you're a child of his. It's not like you're, you're going to be exploring the kingdom of God and you find some room of revelation and, and you got to be afraid, like, I'm not allowed in here, you know? <laughs> no, you can explore everything, every aspect of it. And when we find our identity as a child of God, it frees us from the slavery of having to prove yourself or having to earn anything. You don't have to earn your right to be a child of God, right? I don't make Nate work to be my child, right? He's my child, and because I love him, I make him work. But he doesn't have to earn his place in our household, right? Bethany, maybe. We're going to make her work to earn her place in the house, right? No, when you're a child... Our place is your place. When their friends come over, what's the first thing I always say to them? Megan, her birthday's today, so she had a big sleepover, you know. Anything here, it's yours. Help yourself, you know. Crack open the fridge and, and have whatever, you know. It, that is what the kingdom of God is like. You're a child. You don't have to earn your right to live there or to be there or to receive anything from God. You don't have to work to earn your healing. You don't have to do something to earn it. You just receive it because you're a child. It takes all the pressure off. A child of God is entirely loved and adored by him, and they're accepted no matter what. He's not always going to be happy with you, right? You're going to disappoint him from time to time, but that doesn't change the fact that you're still his child. He still loves you. And what's he going to do as a result? He is going to discipline you a little bit, but then he's going to give you another chance, and he's going to restore you, and he's going to forgive you, and you get to live life in freedom to make mistakes. And to try again, and to try again, right? There is freedom found in your identity as a child of God. And this leads us to the last point of day. Um, whom Jesus sets free is free indeed if they choose to be free. Not everyone wants to be free. I mentioned this earlier, right? You may have a loved one that's caught in addiction. They may not want to be set free. They may enjoy their addiction. And as long as they enjoy it, you're never going to break them free from it, right? 
Jesus has offered us his freedom. The question is whether we're going to choose it. Because it is a choice. And when we turn here to Galatians chapter 4, you can get ahead of me here. Paul was concerned about the Galatian church. He was concerned about um, you know, their, their choosing uh, in life. They, they were a little confused about living by faith in God's promises versus putting their faith in their own ability to follow God's law. I'd mentioned that. It was a struggle in the New Testament often, you know? Well, I've got to do this, this, and this, and this to be accepted by God. And they're like, no, you just got to put your faith in the work that Jesus did. Because you're never going to be able to do that. You're never going to be able to live a perfect life, right? We're, we're always going to be caught up in these sins. But Jesus has fulfilled all the requirements and then set us free. We live by faith and not by our works in the law. So in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, and he's teaching here, and he's, you know, so often we understand spiritual realities by our worldly realities. There's like a mirroring that happens here. So he's teaching them in a way that hopefully they get it. And I encourage you to read Galatians 3 to get the backdrop leading up to this scripture. And then Galatians 4 verse 1, Paul says, what I'm saying, because they weren't really hearing it and understanding it, he said, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate. You guys understand that from a legal point, right? If a, if a child is a parent who passes away, even though the entire estate is theirs, it's not really theirs until they've become a legal age, right? It's given to a trust until they are old enough to receive it. Don't you think it's a good law? You know, imagine if I was a millionaire and I, I kicked the bucket, you know, and Nate was handed all that money. At, you know, he'd be buying, like, you know, Xboxes, and, I mean, he'd just be living, you know, his living wild would be milk duds, you know, and, I mean, whatever. I don't know, what, what would you be doing? But it probably wouldn't last very long, and it probably wouldn't be good for him, right? Keep that thought in mind. And I'm sorry, Nate, I've been picking on you a lot today. Yeah, all right. I'll pick on Megan instead. Yeah. All right. It says in verse 2, the heir is subject to the guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Here's the challenge this morning. If you've heard nothing else up to this point, please stay awake and hear this point. For some of us, our freedom and our breakthrough is just as close to us as our maturity level. For some of us, the reason we have not been set free yet, the reason you haven't seen breakthrough yet, is because God is just waiting for you to ripen. He's waiting for you to reach the right maturity level before you can be given it. You are a child of God. You are an heir in the kingdom. Some of us aren't mature enough to receive our inheritance yet. The reason you don't have it is because you just haven't allowed God to mold and shape and form you to be responsible enough to possess it. It was for this very reason that Moses led Israel in the desert, not for days, but for 40 years. It was for that reason that a whole generation never got to receive the promises of God. Why? Because they had not grown up and matured yet. We've got 80-year-olds that still act like 3-year-olds in the body of Christ, don't we? Sometimes we don't receive what God has promised and we miss out on the breakthrough because we won't put our selfish pride away and allow the Lord to grow us up and to mature us in the Lord. What was intended to be a blessing would be a curse if we're not ready to receive it yet. Even though it's yours. It is God's promise. It is yes and amen. It is absolutely yours. you got to be ready to receive it or you won't get to touch it. 
You know, it's like, now Megan, she, she's not a gun person. It's like, you know, if I, if I bought her, you know, a, a 300, you know, Magnum and, you know, whenever she was a three-year-old, I wouldn't give it to her then. I'd wait until she's old enough, mature enough to be able to handle that thing, right? So it's a blessing and not a curse. So that it, uh, you know, is a tool, not a tool of destruction. Sometimes we just need to allow God to mature us a little bit. To put our whining and complaining and, well, I have the right. I've got the right. You know, well, yeah, you've got the right, but is it good for benefit for everybody, you know? To put those things away so that we might be set free. Here's what Paul went on to teach in verse 3. He said, so also, when we were underage, we were in slavery. Under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Before you were a believer, I'm sorry, you were just subject to whatever your, your whim and desire was. When you enter the kingdom of God, when you say, Jesus, I'm yours, when you call Jesus Lord, do you really know what that means? Your life isn't yours anymore. You don't get to call the shots. You don't get to do what you want, when you want, and how you feel like doing it, right? When I say, Jesus, you're Lord, it's, my life is yours. I'm going to live your way. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to lay myself down in death and raise up again in life. That's why he did baptism. Because we're thick-headed. And he wanted us to get it. Like, okay, you're saved? All right, first thing you do, water baptism. You, in this flesh, die! Just die already so that Jesus can raise you up into new life. Until you do this, you can't have this. (laughs) Right? And I'm telling you, myself included, each and every one of us have some area in our lives that every time God goes to put us down in the water, we're like, you know, and then then we get the straw out in the tube and we're like, we don't want to let it die. We just won't let ourselves kill that area of our flesh so that the spirit can raise it up into freedom, right? We got to let him do that. So in verse four, it says, but when the time set has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You are God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. You see that transaction that took place? He lived under the law and fulfilled it so that you can become a child. And because you're a child, you are an heir. But you got to grow up to receive your inheritance. you got to reach the ripe old you know, maturity level. In verse 8, Paul said it this way, formula, for, formula, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who were by nature not gods. But now that you know God, or rather that you're known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you seriously want to be enslaved by them all over again? Paul taught several times that though we are free in Christ, we are in reality slaves to whatever we choose to obey. If you want to be a slave, you can be a slave. Isn't that the double-edged sword of freedom? 
You have the freedom to choose. You don't have freedom from the consequences. If we want to be set free from the sun, we have to choose freedom. Because you are a slave to whatever you choose to obey. This morning, Jesus is calling out to us like he did to Lazarus. Come on out from there, right? Wake him up, right? That's what he's calling us to do, to wake up, to come out from that death. Can you imagine if Jesus came out of that tomb, because this is what Paul was writing to the Galatian church. This is what the church in Galatia did. And let me tell you, as your pastor, this is what I have done from time to time. Jesus set you free, and can you imagine Lazarus like walking out of that tomb, and he's like, no, I kind of like death. Can you just roll this thing back? We'll we'll see you on the other side. And then he lays down and sleeps and suffocates to death. Can you imagine if he, would he do that? No. But do we do that? Yeah. (laughs) We choose death over life. We choose cursing over blessing. We choose sin. Sin has no hold on you anymore, right? You've been set free from sin and free from death unless you choose it. If you choose, you know, if you're caught in a trap and Jesus comes along and he opens up those jaws and sets you free, if you choose to be like, hmm, I wonder how close I can get to this thing, you know? Because I like it, I just don't like being caught in it. So how, how much can I mess around with this thing and still enjoy it and not get caught in it, right? How, how much can you do that? None. You're caught in it, right? Why do we do that? Why do we choose slavery over freedom as believers of Jesus? Why do we choose that? I don't know. We're still in this flesh and we still struggle and everything. But, yeah, it's familiar. It's, it's constant, isn't it? Now, we know that, that Jesus is the same yesterday and day and forever. But I'll tell you what. I, I was addicted to porn. And I'm telling you, it'll make you happy every time. You know? I mean, it's, it's constant. It's true. It's always there. You know? But what does it lead to? Death. Frustration and shame and condemnation and, hey, sweetie, and then the way it made her feel and the way it killed. I mean, it's it, nothing good. Nothing good comes from it. You know, and that's what sin is. It, it, sin amplifies the seconds of pleasure. And it, it, it like, barely whispers, um, oh, and here's everything else that's going to happen after, right? What does God's truth do? It says, look at that thing for what it truly is. It's a trap. It's a snare. There's no pleasure here. There's only death. It is slavery. Stay away from the thing, right? Stay away from it. Okay, so we've been set free if we choose to be. So choose life. Choose liberty. Choose freedom. You're Americans. You know what it is to have freedom and to fight for it. Fight for your freedom as a believer, Stop slapping those chains back on yourself. Stay free from sin that leads to death. Don't choose sin, right? Stay free. Because there's a freedom available to you and I this morning. It is a true freedom that nothing and no one can steal away. You could be like Paul and Silas. Remember Paul and Silas? They were put in prison for preaching the name of Jesus. And at midnight, they're singing and they're praising. They're singing hymns to Jesus. But they're bound, and they're enchained, and they're in prison, and they're going to die. Were they whining and complaining and moaning and grumping? Oh, God, where are you? When are you going to save us? No, they're like, we just praise you, Lord, right? You know? What's the name of that song? And I ran out of that grave. Yeah. (laughs) You call my name, right? I mean, they're just singing and praising. They're having a good old time in prison waiting for their death. 
Stephen, getting stoned to death. What does he do? He lifts up. He's like, oh, man, Jesus, look at him. How awesome. He's getting stoned to death. He's in agony. He's, he's dying a slow and painful death, but his eyes are on Jesus. And he's like, wow, Lord, man, I can't wait for this moment. Like, that should be our perspective, not mask, <laughs> mask. <laughs> Come on, Christians. You've been set free. Stop being a slave. Start being free, right? And look at what happened. What happened? Because Paul and Silas chose freedom over slavery. Do you know what happened? The earth shook. Their chains popped off. Their prison door flung open. Not only that, every single prisoner, their chains were busted. Their doors were set open. They were set free. Your freedom is not just yours. If you choose to give God the honor and praise and worship and glory, and I'm not just talking about song, I'm talking about your lifestyle. If you choose to remain obedient to God, if you choose to be a slave to Jesus, not only is it going to lead to your freedom, it's going to set people around you free. Did those prisoners deserve their imprisonment? Yes. Every one of those prisoners, aside from Paul and Silas, they deserve to be there. They sinned against God and his word. But what did God choose to do? He set them free anyways. He was in a good mood. He's like, freedom for everyone, right? That can be your life too. If you just make a better choice, choose freedom that you might be free indeed. And watch the chains break loose from people around you too. They're going to get set free as well, right? So... We're going to sing some praise again this morning. One last song. Remember that freedom that has been purchased for you. Remember who you are in Jesus. Remember your identity in Christ. Remember your, uh, yeah, sorry. Remember your identity as a child of God. Remember that God has given you his word, his truth that will set you free. But remember, it's your choice. Freedom is yours for the choosing. Choose life. Choose liberty. Choose happiness. Choose freedom so that you might live. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And you're going to see that victory, right? Yes, you've got the victory, right? You've got freedom. Now, I've got to close in this because it just was, it's been stirring so much in my heart. Does sickness come from the Lord? No. Absolutely not. It's not his kingdom, right? There's no sickness. There's no any of those things. But to a Christian, does everything have to get approved by him? Was, was, was Satan allowed to touch Job without the Lord's permission? No, because he's a righteous man, right? Now, did the, did the enemy, did Satan touch Job? A little bit? Stole a little bit, right? Yeah. If you continue in Galatians chapter 4, you read this. Because God is able to work all things together for good, for his glory. Even when you may feel bound by something... You are free indeed. Don't ever forget it. In chapter, in verses 13, 14, he said this. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you didn't treat me with contempt or scorn. Man, can you imagine the man that's going around and even his hankies touch people and they're healed and restored. He gets caught with this illness and it's apparently so severe 
that he's a burden to the people in Galatia, people he didn't even know. He never met these people before. He's brought to Galatia with this illness. He's a burden to those people. But what did God do? He took what the enemy meant for evil, and he turned it for good. A church was birthed out of that illness and sickness. And did Paul stay sick and die? No, he was healed and restored. Trust what Jesus is doing in your life. You may not be happy about it. You may not like it, but trust. Keep your eyes fixed on him. It's going to work together for good. For your good, for God's glory. Amen. All right, so let's just close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you so much for your freedom. Jesus truly set us free. As our, as our national freedom seems like it's always being challenged, Jesus, we thank you for your freedom that can never be touched. Our freedom that is certain, that we can stand confident on. Our freedom that no one and nothing can ever steal away. But Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me in my weakness. Help me in my temptation to walk back to that sin that ensnares me. Give me the strength that I need. Give me the wisdom that I need to walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free this morning. In your name, amen.